0: Certainly, counted a privilege and a blessing to be here this morning. Uh, it's been quite some time since I've been here, and uh, but I want you to know that uh, this church is uh, constantly in our prayers. Uh, we pray for you, as I trust you pray for us, and we certainly need the prayers of each other. Um, I would ask an interest in your prayers as I go to the subject on my mind this morning. If you would turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1, and we'll read the first two verses. Hebrews chapter 1, 1 and 2. It says, God, who at sundry times and diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds. Um, every time I read actually these first three verses, I glean more out of this text. But my attention is really in verse verses one and two, and that'll be uh, what I want to concentrate on. Uh, verse one says. Uh, There was different times God spoke in different ways. And Lord willing, this morning, I'd like to talk to you about some of the various ways God has communicated to us. Now, if you think about it a little bit, we each communicate in various ways. We all communicate through language, which is obvious. Sometimes we communicate uh, with uh, printed word or written word. Uh, you know, it's common now you have emails and text and all these sorts of things. But it's a way of communication. We also communicate by what people call body language, don't we? Any, anybody ever spoke to you and you just kind of rolled your eyes? What kind of message did that give? Um, people uh, communicate, those that can't hear, with sign language. So there's various ways of communication that we use. But as I begin to think about this subject, it, it, God has at times used some very unique ways to communicate his message. Now, if we go back into the Old Testament, and by the way, it's not just uh, contained in the Old Testament, but some of these ways are also in the New. And I want to say on the onset that I realize there are times in the past that people have done wicked things because they said God said to do so. Um, I want to make it clear that God will never contradict His written word. Never. You know, even the Apostle Paul mentions the fact in the Galatian letter, he said, if if we are an angel, if we was to bring something before you that you have not received, he said, let him be accursed. So, God is never going to contradict what he has revealed to us in his written word. But as I begin to think about this subject, we go back in the Old Testament, uh, and we find that God over there spoke face to face with Moses. And you might ask, well, what kind of language did he speak? I don't know, but Moses understood. And... God even tells there was a time that that uh, Miriam and... and, um, Let's go to to Numbers chapter 12. And Aaron had a little bit of a jealousy spat over Moses. And God reminds them that Moses was uh, rather unique. This is Numbers 12, and I'm not going to read the entire beginning, but this is, this, uh, the Lord appears to them, verse 5 says, and the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. you know, when I read some of these things, I wonder how I would have felt. And uh, you ever do that? Here's God appealing, appearing in a pillar of, uh, of a cloud. And they can hear his voice. Uh, in other words, they're called on the carpet. And it says, and he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, the Lord will make himself known unto him in a vision And I will speak to him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently and not in dark speeches. And in the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? One of the ways that God chose to communicate was directly when he spoke to Moses. But he also says here, I'm gonna, if I have a prophet, he says, I'm gonna communicate something to them in a rather unique way, in a vision and in a dream. Now, as I, as I have thought, and I, it's been about a year since I've preached on this subject, but as I think about this, think of how you might react if you were in the places of some of these folks. You know, God is is not hindered in any way to communicate to people. We are. You know, I can only speak English and not very well. You know, God can communicate in any manner of language. He wishes to do so because He is the creator of it. But He says, some of my prophets, and remember what, Hebrew says, he says he spoke in diverse manners or different manners, different ways. But the, the what's presented is still the same. God is communicating some form of information to the hearer or to the receiver of that uh, that the recipient of that communication. Now <clears throat> we go back and we you know one of the things that that. Uh, You think about, when you think about dreams and you you think, well, in visions, do people really, did people really have those? I believe they really did. Even in the New Testament, remember uh, the Apostle Peter uh, in the book of Acts chapter 10, he was in a trance and he had a vision. And you say, well, what's a vision? Well, you know, my, my, uh, my simple thought process is is it goes this way, God sort of removes your surroundings and you see what he wants you to see. That's the simplest way I know to do it, or to, to, to put it. But we see that there was times that God instructed his people in this way. Think about Abraham. In Genesis chapter 15, Abraham seen a vision. And it's interesting as you read when God begins to communicate that it, it, it's in a, even though that, that uh, Abram sees a vision, it's, uh, there's, a, there's a dialogue between the two. Verse 1 says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I'm thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, uh, to me is given no seed, and lo, one born into my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thy heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou art able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Now, get this. Put yourself in Abram's position. All of a sudden, there appears, you know, something that not familiar in your surroundings and God is communicating with you in this manner what would be your reaction look at what Abram said or what it said afterwards and it said he believed in the Lord and it counted to him for righteousness you know there's places that when it describes this this um, uh, <clears throat> what took place here sometimes it says not only, it says that, here it says he believed in the Lord. Other places it says he believed the Lord. In whatever manner God communicates, we should believe what he has to say. Now, this is uh, uh, this is one of the ways that he communicated. We find there were times that, that there was, uh, and again, remember, this is not just... Uh, recorded in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament also. I'm not going to go to Acts chapter 10, but Peter, he sees a vision too. I find the Apostle Paul also seen a vision. So it, it's, not, uh, it's not restricted to just Old Testament era, but we see it taking place in the New Testament just as well. Now, <clears throat> one of the other unique ways that God communicated was in dreams. Now, this is what I is is I find I find it quite uh, quite fascinating. Now, I've never had a dream in which God appears, uh, but God has done it in the past, and um, even not only to His uh, uh, what was apparently to the Israelites, but there was times that God communicated in dreams uh, to. What we would consider today Gentiles. Uh, you go back and think about the time in which Joseph lived. And there's a time that Pharaoh has a dream. And this is in Genesis, I think, 38. I'm sorry. Let's go a few few chapters over. Uh, Chapter 41. Remember, Pharaoh has a dream and there's kine, and there's corn in it. And in this dream, uh, he sees seven of each. And I'm not going to go through the process of reading all this, but he sees seven kine and seven ears of corn. Some of the uh, some of the corn and the kine he sees looks very good. The ears of the corn are full, the kine are well fed. But he sees seven more in which uh, it's not quite that way. It's interesting. Um, I try to garden and. and I didn't realize until a few years ago that, you know, each silk that you see on a corn has to be pollinated in order for it to create a kernel of corn. Uh, that's interesting. Each one of those silks will go to where a kernel of corn is. If you look at it, it's the way it works. Well this corn, second set of corn, he seemed to look too good. and. <clears throat> He, his soothsayers, his his people was was unable uh, to apparently tell him what the dream meant, and they called Joseph out of a dungeon. He'd been put there uh, for doing what was right, and um, we'll go to. Um, Well, let's just read this part. Verse 14 begins, And Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of a dungeon. And he showed himself, and he changed his raiment, and he came unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there was none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh and said, It is not in me. It is God. He says, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of a river. And behold, there came out the river seven kind, fat fleshed and well favored, and they fed in the meadow, and behold, seven other kind came up after them, poor and very ill and favored, and lean-fleshed, such as I never saw in the land of Egypt for badness. And the lean and the ill-favored kind did eat up the first seven fat kind. And when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ill-favored as at the beginning, so I awoke. Again, put yourself in his position. Well, well, if you had a dream like that, you know, he thought there was something to it. And his, uh, his, his, uh, his wise men couldn't interpret the dream. But God could. And look at Joseph's. This is, this is what I want to get to in verse 25. This is Joseph's response. You know, Joseph could have just wrote this off and said, You know, I don't have a clue what, what your dream's about. And besides that, look at the way you've treated me. But he didn't, he didn't, he didn't react that way. He reacted in a godly way, and he says, And Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he's about to do. There was a purpose in what God was going to do also. And we know the story. Joseph's brethren ends up in Egypt uh, and are fed during this time of uh, famine. But Joseph recognized God's hand in the matter and he didn't react in a way that uh, that I might have reacted. But he said, "Here's God's going to do something. And I realize that God is working on both ends. But God communicated to this Pharaoh in a dream. You know, in the New Testament, <clears throat> we have accounts of of individuals that had dreams also. Go to Matthew. um, That's where I want to go. Matthew chapter 1. Put yourself in Joseph's place. The uh, the, to be husband of Mary. Verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise when as the mother of Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. While he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. St. <clears throat> Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. <clears throat> As I read this, I I thought about how I would have reacted. Here's a here's a couple that has yet to be formally married, and she's found with a child. And of course, Joseph is a just man. He desired to put her away privately. Um, you know, under the law, she could have probably been stoned to death. But look at this, God communicates to him in a dream. And he believed God. He didn't write it off and say, this is just some uh, unnatural phenomenon I don't understand. But he recognized God was in the matter communicating some information to him. Here is is the one that has been prophesied of that is about to come into the world. And Mary is the mother of this child. He goes on and he says, uh, and this was done... Uh, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. And Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord bidden him. Did you catch that? Joseph did what he was told, the way God communicated to him. He said he did as the angel of the Lord bidden him and took him unto his as his wife, and he knew her not until he brought forth her firstborn son, and they called his name Jesus. God can work in ways that we can't even begin to explain. You know, uh, Brother Richard um, read that psalm, <clears throat> how God will do wondrously. <clears throat> you know, I don't know how that word was, uh, um, that specific meaning of that word, but sometimes when you see the word wonder, it's it's it, it has a meaning of all. It goes beyond our human comprehension. And sometimes we forget that that's, the God that we serve. He is, um, he is greater than any problem we will ever encounter. He has the answers to every issue in life. <clears throat> and by the way, he's communicated to us the answers to those problems in his word. Well, this is one of the ways that God communicated, is through dreams. And there's other, there's other instances through the Old Testament and the New Testament that this took place. This is not just a one-time thing. It happened on other occasions. I think about Daniel's dream, or Daniel's, uh, Daniel's interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Here was, a, here was a man that had a dream that, that, uh, that was given a glimpse into about 500 years of history. And it all came true just as he dreamed. Um, we can't put limits on what God can do. But God communicated in this way, in this manner. And you say, why? Well, it was his will to do so. Um, <clears throat> I think about other ways that God communicates, even to us today. You know, we all recognize that God, when He <clears throat> works a work of grace in our hearts, <clears throat> He does it without human means. He does it <clears throat> through the work of His Holy Spirit. That's a uh, that's a uh, that that goes beyond my comprehension, but I can I recognize it that he's able to do that. He creates within us a a new heart, one that desires the things of God. He can take a a terrible sinner and turn his life around in an instant. You know, you, you think about the hymn writer John Newton. You ever read about the despicable life he had before God's grace? How could God and you and you look at that and you think how could God love someone like that? And I have to ask myself the question, how can he love someone like me? But he changed that man in an instant. He does the same for us. But he goes far beyond that. He doesn't just quicken us into divine life. In Romans chapter 8 And by the way, this is not just this point. You know, we go to the book of Acts and there was occasions that the spirit communicated with those early apostles and you know, um, in Acts sixteen they, they desired to go somewhere and the Spirit said, No, you're not going. And they they listened to what God said. But listen to this. Listen to Romans chapter eight. Um We'll begin reading verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself, the Spirit itself bears witness, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Think about what Paul's saying here. God's Spirit bears witness, and you know what's a witness? It's a witness is someone that gives testimony, isn't it? A someone that, that communicates some manner of uh, uh, of an event they've seen, evidence they have, whatever the case. It, it means the same. They are a witness. They get, are giving testimony to something. Well, this says God's spirit gives testimony; gives witness to our spirit, the spirit that He's created within us, that we are the children of God. You ever get, you ever get, um, you ever get discouraged, and you think, um, and you and you question, Lord, am I really one of Yours? Anyone here ever do that? I think if everybody's honest with themselves, there's always a question mark. And especially if we begin to review our life, our past, which we're really not supposed to do. We're supposed to press onward and forward. Because when we look back, it does discourage us. But we throw that little question mark up. And then God reminds us, you're one of mine. He communicates to us through His Spirit and by His Spirit that we are a child of God. You belong to me. And nothing is ever going to change that. Nothing will ever change that. If you belong to God now, you belong to God for eternity. Your your relationship as a child to him never changes. Just like your own children. They may do things you don't like. But your relationship is still the same. But they are still there. They are still yours. And God works the same way with us. There's things that we do that grieve his heart, but we still belong to him. And he communicates to us through his spirit. That's what Paul says. He says, you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. That's what we're doing when we begin to look back in a sense. And that we ask our question, Lord, am I really yours? But you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, "Abba, the Father. And what do we usually do when we begin to feel that way? We begin to pray, don't we? we go to the Lord. He says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You belong to me. He's communicating that truth to you. Now, how do we react to it? Do we do like the Apostle Paul says in Philippians, that we lay aside those things that are behind us? Philippians chapter 3, See, so brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's what we're to do. But here's a, here's a way that God communicates, and sometimes it, we don't even think about it, that he's, He is in direct communication with us in this way. <clears throat> There's times that God communicates to others through the use of angels you say, what are angels? Well, they're heavenly beings created by God to do his bidding. You might ask me, have you ever seen an angel? <clears throat> you know, I suspect we've all seen lots of angels. And maybe didn't even realize it. Maybe we've seen at least the evidence of them intervening on our behalf. Anyone ever been prevented from a serious automobile accident? That if you had been a split second, if your timing had been a split second different, that the outcome would have been far different? God still has angels to do his bidding. And from time to time, angels communicated with human beings. I think about uh, the book of Judges, or not, um, yeah, in the book of Judges, uh, about chapter six, where there's an angel comes to Gideon. Remember the uh, the children of Israel had been oppressed by the Midianites, and um, there's an angel that shows up on the scene. Um, it says in verse 19... It says, and Gideon went in and made ready a kid and unleavened cakes and of flour and, and the flesh he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and brought it out and to him that was under the oak, this is the angel, and presented it. And the angels of God said, he begins to communicate, take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour the, out the broth and he did so and the angel of the Lord put forth an end of his staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and there arose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Um, and when Gideon perceived that it was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, "Alas, O Lord God! For because I've seen the seen an angel of the Lord face to face." And the Lord said, it, in peace be unto thee, Fear not, thou shalt not die. <clears throat> I always like the part he talks about when he, uh, <clears throat> he calls upon Gideon and calls him the mighty man of valor. I wonder what was going through his mind. <clears throat> Anyways, Gideon obeyed. He had a few question marks, but he obeyed the Lord. He wanted a little more proof just like we all do, but eventually he done what the Lord said to do, and he was victorious. But here's an instance in which an angel of God talks to an individual. We find um, other occasions that angels appeared on the scene. Remember, the angel Gabriel comes to Zacharias and to marry both. Zachariah's wife, Elizabeth, is barren angel comes and tells Zacharias he's going to have a son. Six months later, the same angel comes to Mary and tells her she's going to have a son. Here's angels communicating God's message, God's truth. Even the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 27 says, There's an instance in which Paul is uh, on his way to Rome or supposed to be on his way to Rome to meet Caesar to appeal his case and he's in a ship and, uh, and there's, a, there's a great storm arises <clears throat> and things aren't going very well. And... Um, <clears throat> There's a there's a there's a, there's a time here that that God sends an angel. This is in Acts twenty seven. Uh, uh, let's let's read. Um, we'll begin reading in verse eighteen. I want to get what's going on. It says, "And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship, and the third day we cast out our." Hands with our own hands of tackling the ship, and there was neither sun nor stars. In many days appeared, and no small tempest lay upon us, and all hope that we should be saved was taken away. But after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, "Sirs, you should have hearkened to me, uh, and have not loosed from Crete to have gained this harm and loss." Paul saying, "I told you so." remember if you, if you go back Paul Paul perceived that the, that this 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 whole thing was in danger and he, and he told them here we are in the midst of the of this this body of water they hadn't seen the Sun or even the stars in days how would you have felt I mean really put yourself in their place. You can't tell where you're at, where you're going. You don't have any idea if you're going to land upon rocks or if the ship's going to break apart. <clears throat> you're in the middle of the darkness. And uh, all of a sudden, Paul, he says, And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall no loss of any man's life among you but the ship. He says, For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. I love that verse. Saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. You know, Paul could have said, "I'm having uh, this, all this, this ship's tossing me around," and if anybody's ever been in a boat in the ocean, it could uh, it could make you a bit sick. He could have said, "I'm hallucinating." He recognized God's presence. There was an angel sent from God giving him a message. And his response was, I believe God. And here he's trying to encourage these other mariners, these sailors, you know, it's going to be okay. The ship's going to break apart. We're going to lose the ship, but our lives are going to be spared. And guess what? That's exactly the way it worked out. Just as the angel declared, here's truth being communicated and you know it's truth because what? It happened just as he said it would. I think about other ways that God has created, uh, other ways that God has communicated to us. Even creation itself communicates that God is and God runs things. What is it, Psalm 19? The heavens declare. If, it's ma- if, if the heavens are making a declaration, what is it doing? It is communicating to us. The heavens declare the glory of God. <clears throat> what is it, Romans chapter 1? It says creation itself communicates the fact that there is a God. Romans chapter 1 says, um, We'll read verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, <clears throat> even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. He says, <clears throat> the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood. <clears throat> that tells me that there is, there is some sort of communication going on If something's understood, it's implied something's been communicated, some form of information. It says it's understood by the things that are made. You know, what is it David says? I think it's Psalm 100. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. The things made can clearly see the hand of a creator. You know, and we were finding, um, you know, we look out in the, into the heavens at the expanse of, um, of the universe and it absolutely boggles the mind. I mean, all we see is, with our natural eyes, is a very small portion of it. But with the, uh, with the advancement of technology, they're able to see further and further what's in the universe. And all the stars they thought existed, they find out there's more and more and more that they didn't know about. Um, And and it's a completely different subject, but the more that I study about those types of things, and even down now to what, with the technology that exists, where um, we're able to look at the interaction in our body between cells, and DNA and all those sorts of things. I'm telling you, the stamp of the Creator is everywhere, and it's crying out, "God exists." You know, go, and, and, and it's it's always interesting to read um, this 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 continuing argue, argument about where first where the first life or the first source of life ever formed. Brothers and sisters, if you believe it's an accident, you've got more faith than I've got. It takes far more faith to believe that some random act of, of um, you know, seemingly non-existent matter created all that we see. But this says God is communicating to us the, the fact that he is through creation. You say, well, how does he communicate it to us today? Well, the preached word is one way. The written word is another way. We have um, the source of all truth before us. The only true source of truth, as far as I'm concerned, everything that we, everything that we uh, read or or study about needs to be run through the prism of this book, because it's the only true source of truth that exists. Really is. well, here it is. What do we do with it? God is communicating to us. You know, Paul tells Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's not some uh, individual in the past that, that, um, promoted his own ideas, his own philosophies. When we read this book, we read God's thoughts. We read His direct communication to us. And I'm I'm not going to, you know, we look at all these ways that God communicated that that seem uh, beyond real. <clears throat> And I'm not going to stand up here and say that God still doesn't and can't do that today. I don't know of any instances, but God is still God. You know, I wonder how he... You know, we believe that... At least The Scripture teaches that God has a people in every kindred tongue, nation, and tribe. Man is unable... To get the word to everyone. You know there's languages that still exist. That, that has, the Bible's never been translated into. I recall it's not been maybe a couple years ago. Can't be more than just a few years ago. The, there were... They were flying a helicopter over some part of, I think it was South America. And they discovered a people they didn't even know existed. They come out with spears, if you've seen the the video clip, throwing at this helicopter. It says, God has a people in every kindred, tongue, nation, and tribe. God has to communicate some way to them. And it probably very well means just through His Spirit. Just through His Spirit. Um, <clears throat> let's go back to Hebrews. And I'm going to end with this note. Verse 1 says, God who has sundried times in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. We've, 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 we've looked at that. It says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he made the worlds. Here's, here's this description of the Lord Jesus Christ, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins. He sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He says in the last days, he communicated to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave us information. Go through the gospels and read what not only Jesus said, but look at what he done. To leave us an example for. Now, the question is again, we have the truth. We have God's direct communication to us. He's told us what He expects of us, He's told us how we ought to live, He's told us how we ought to conduct ourselves he's taught us how to pray he's taught us um, by example and he's spoken unto us we have his words you know I, 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 um, I think about it's been a few years back and this is a little off the subject I guess but there was a A group of scholars that decided that half the things that we have in the New Testament Jesus said, he really didn't say. I I look at that and I think, how foolish can people be? Paul says here in Hebrews, he says, He's spoken to us in these last days. What are we going to do with that information? Are we going to use it to his honor and to his glory? Are we going to, um, when he, uh, the commands that he presents to us, are we going to obey? <clears throat> um, it's something to think about. And I realize we all fall short. We all come, we've all sinned and come short of God's glory. That's why the Lord came. I appreciated the young brother's prayer. Yeah, it's only because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done that we have eternal life. It's only because of his substitutionary death that our sin debt has been paid for in full. That it is, um, And, and that's, that's the message of the gospel. That he died for us. But you go beyond that, he's also spoken to us. And, uh, you know, if I have anything to say at all today, I simply encourage to listen to what he has to say and to apply it to our lives. You know, a sermon's never finished until application's made of it. It's the same way with God's Word. We can read it and we can believe it. And we can recognize it's the truth, but till we actually apply it to our lives, it really hasn't done much for us. May we take God's word and his communication to us and the information that he's provided us and use it to his honor and to his glory. May God bless you and keep you as my prayer.